local listeners. This is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey on how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I want to put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Rob Kohansky with Local First Podcast. This is a special edition of Local First Podcast. Sitting across from me, I have Dr. Dennis Hill. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon. So today we're going to talk about something about the family. We're going to talk a little bit about privacy. And the really, you know, the, the key point of this conversation is going to be... Um, around Family Organizer Plus. But before we get into that, let's take a step back. And you, you talked about, uh, you know, offline here, you know, back in the 80s, um, people really did not want to pay for privacy or really understand at that point. Mm-hmm. You that's know, true. That's true. I mean, wh- why was that? Well, they didn't know what to expect. You know, PCs were isolated computers. You plug them in a wall and you ran your word processor, your spreadsheet. Email didn't come till a little bit after that, and uh, and certainly in the homes, internet utilization is still not 100% across the United States, even after almost 40 years of its existence um, in in public circles. the The real issue is uh, that people don't want to pay for features that that really ought to be built in. And just like we didn't have stop signs and stop lights and divided roads when the car was invented a little over 120 years ago. Uh, we had to evolve those rules, regulations, and so forth. And so just like uh, just like uh, the conversion to automobiles, um, uh, the laws lag behind technology. And as a result, it's kind of a wild west out there. So people ventured into the unknown and didn't realize the problems that they were bringing upon themselves by checking off terms and conditions and allowing their private information to be gathered, mined, farmed, and exploited as it has. Um, They also didn't realize that everything they touch on a keyboard and recorded to the Internet is recorded forever on the Internet. It's very, very hard because there's no laws right now that that mandate uh, the expulsion or the elimination of data. Uh, so these things are not um, – they're, they're evolutionary because, uh, we, you know, we're part of the Industrial Revolution in its third phase and now its fourth phase where technology came in, computers came in, and we're all learning. And the reality is that there's more computing power in my phone that I have in my hand here than all the computing power that put men on the moon back in the 1960s. Um, and back in the 1960s, computers were able to be counted – you know, in, in, in terms of how many were worldwide today, you can't imagine how many computers are, are available and, and where they exist. They exist in your car. Uh, and they're gathering information. Just ask Alexa or Siri or Bixby or whoever's running your car. 
Uh, same thing with your phones, same thing with your tablets. Now, these are new technologies and they're evolving, but people do not and have not wanted to pay for these features. And in the 80s, it was very expensive. I mean, we had a secure communication processor. We were the only site at the college outside of the uh, military to have one of these computers made by Honeywell Federal Systems. And it was less powerful than a typical desktop PC from that era, to be honest. It was a 16-bit computer, and it cost a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. But it secured your communication. Sure. So back when I was doing the, the, the fundamental applied research uh, in the field of computer security, it was pretty apparent that not only, not only were companies unwilling to invest in the development of new technology, but it was largely because consumers were unwilling to pay for it. Uh, and uh, at that time, if you recall from that one article that, uh, that where I talked about these things, um, I said that people would only embrace security as a, as a necessary component of their technology only, uh, and I'm talking about people who consume it as well as people who produce secure devices, only in response to as a knee-jerk reaction to major catastrophes as they occur. And that's exactly what has happened over the last 30 years. And I think it's at a tipping point right now. I mean, so much that, like I was talking about earlier, that Netflix just put a documentary on out there, um, The Social Dilemma, which is very interesting. And it really compounds the, your message about you know the Family Organizer Plus. Yeah, the, the, it's interesting that they call it Dilemma. Now, I haven't had the privilege of actually watching the show yet, uh, so I'm going to speak a little bit out of turn. But dilemmas are never really resolvable by definition. They're dilemmas. They're, they're two things, and the only way you resolve it is if you remove one of the issues. Okay, so what's the issue when we talk about social networking and the Internet that you wish to remove? Do you wish to remove the consumer do you wish to remove the service providers? Uh, right now, as you noted, and I think as you said, the documentary says, the laws lag the technology. Yeah, that, they, they made a big fuss about that where, you know, mm -hmm. the privacy laws and there's no regulation for the Facebooks, the Googles, mm -hmm. and they're just doing what they want. And a lot of people out there either don't know it or they do know it or not. They don't have a tool to do anything with it. And this is not a U.S. situation. This no. is a global, global. problem. Yes. Okay, and as people, uh, has, well, I think the pandemic has certainly brought attention to the need to watch how people move across borders, mm -hmm. right? Uh, whether it's tourists or jobs, uh, the reality is that uh, you're going to be transferring your personal identifying information. Uh, whether you're going through an airport or you're taking a train across borders or you're taking a slow boat. Uh, from Europe or from China, doesn't matter, either way, uh, your personal identifying information is being gathered and farmed and mined and resold and distributed, and everything about you is being captured and processed in the name of big data and big, big, big data analytics. That's the problem. The problem isn't big tech. That's, that's a trade and commerce issue that... that government has long had laws for to avoid monopolies. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is the ability for people to restore their privacy, to reclaim all the data about them on the internet that is theirs, and that's where the courts have gone, 
and to ensure ultimately the protection of the most fundamental social network of all time, that's the family. The confidential communications between people within a family cannot, by definition, be gathered and farmed and mined and analyzed and sold without breaching their privacy. And so, for example, if, if uh, during the pandemic I needed to reach out to my grandmother uh, and she was in a nursing home and isolated, how yeah. could I possibly communicate with her? Do you want me to talk about her dementia or her cancer or something like that on a big tech messenger service mm -hmm. or a social media site, which a lot of families are doing, how can you do that in good sense, knowing that everything you type on that keyboard, even if the company or the agency says that it's not going to be shared, is still gathering it and curating it for their own purposes. Right. That's, that's just scary. It's... um. It's time to rein in the wild horses. Yeah. It's no longer the Wild West. There is a law in town, and it's coming. It's coming with the California Consumer Privacy Act, uh, which went into effect earlier this year. That will sweep the nation eventually. It will probably be federally passed. Of course, it, that's a late response to the, uh, the personal uh, data regulation over in Europe. Um, which protects, again, privacy. And it also falls in line with the fact that there are big players. I'm talking about the, the multi-billionaires that are out there that meet in Davos each year that are part of the World Economic Forum who have established something called the Presidio Principles at the Presidio in San Francisco declaring that people have a right to privacy and have a right to control their data. It's revolutionary, but it's also already built into the economy. There's no new technology technically that has to be paid for here. It's all built in. Uh, 5G has it, and that's rolling out all new protocols and security. AI certainly uh, has its real-world applications. Um, blockchain. I work with a global consortium um, on decentralized, specifically decentralized HR data, but we incorporate these technologies in the Family Organizer Plus. So you bring that up, like, and, you, and it really excites me because it's like, it's almost like all these technologies are com coming together as one. And where did the idea come from to, to develop the Family Organizer? Well, it comes from uh, a, literally a lifetime in the in the. Uh, contact relationship management market. I, I wrote with a team of very, very good developers back in the 1980s, really the first enterprise class CRM, as it's called, uh, for businesses. And again, at the time, there was no consumer market for something like this. In fact, social media, social networking, things like that hadn't even been described, let alone given a name. So it's taken time. The societies had to evolve. Uh, not even the laws, as we said, they lag, but the technology had to evolve. So all this stuff that we're seeing hit the markets now. Blockchain was proven with the uh, digital currencies that are out there, the cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. We know that's secure. We know it makes governments uncomfortable because they can't even access the data. And isn't that what you have a right to 
isn't that ultimately the privacy that each of us, um, as the Supreme Court has said, we have a right to, mm-hmm. even though it's not explicitly called out in the Constitution? It is penumbral. It surrounds everything about our constitutional rights. And so we needed technology to evolve. And it evolved and has to the point now where your phone contains the technology, new phones and tablets will contain the technology, wireless internet connectivity It's in 5G, much more impressive a step than just a cellular phone upgrade. This is all about um, the strategic benefits of new technologies that have been given their course. And again, has the investment been made? Yes, over decades. As we've upgraded our cell centers, now we're at a point where we have truly wireless, high-speed broadband, no latency delay, none of this wireless capability that's ubiquitous. It literally can cover every square kilometer of the surface of the earth. That's exciting. So with the with the family organizer, I mean, who's this really? Obviously, it's built around the family. And, you know, what can a family expect to get out of it? More than a calendar, because that seems to be where a lot of people are focused. But I still have a calendar on my phone. I still have a calendar on my desktop. I still have a calendar on my tablet. And if they're all different operating systems, whether it's Android and iOS and Windows, I still have to coordinate that. Now, coordinate that among a family where everybody's not using the same phones, Android and iPhone. So we provide that Mm -hmm. aggregation or that integration of all the calendars, which other products do. But also the contact relationship management in there. You know, maintain a listing of not only your your nuclear family and friends and acquaintances, but also your trusted providers, your doctors, your teachers, the people you communicate with, and then communicate with them using Family Organizer Plus securely, privately. Really? Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, it's very cool. An example would be your medical records. Okay. Now I'm going to make people's heads explode. This is all wonderful to have this kind of technology and to say that you're going to have security, except for one thing. You have to realize that you can't continue to to lean on the data centers of the organizations and agencies that keep getting breached. Centralized databases, and listen to me, America, and whoever is listening to this podcast worldwide, centralized databases are dead. And just because they're in the cloud doesn't mean they're not centralized. Okay, they have to be on the blockchain. They have to be decentralized, which means every human being that is concerned about their privacy not only has a right to that privacy, but I firmly believe they have the right to the technology to ensure that privacy. So will everybody have a smartphone? Yes. Or a tablet? Yes. But fundamentally, everybody will certainly have their own blockchain data store. So that doctor... Instead of those medical records staying on his uh, centralized database or the hospital institution's database, which, by the way, gets breached every day. Every day last year, a hospital was breached. And their database sold, even unopened, on the dark web for half a million dollars. Okay? Well, don't store your records there. Store them on your blockchain. Oh. Wait a minute. What do you mean storm on my blockchain? Yeah, what is that? For you, I was like, I'm over here taking notes like that. You've got all these records, whether it's your birth certificate, death certificate, marriage licenses, appliance warranties, kids' vaccinations, everything out there. 
oh, these are everywhere, right? They're PDFs on your computer. Or they're sheets of paper sitting in files. If they're lucky to be in a file, maybe they're just stacked up somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. It's scary where yeah. people put this record information. And then, you know, what, what's it resulted in? Oh, all these different services and providers that'll charge you 10 to 30 bucks a month to monitor your your credit your and now yeah. your title to your home, right? Yeah, all these I saw that things. too. That's ridiculous. Uh, these are all stopgap measures because there's a caveat. Read the fine print in every one of these. We cannot monitor every single transaction Family Organizer Plus does. Right. Because the transaction has to be approved by you, the owner of the data. And this is what is exactly needed and called out for in the Presidio Principles of the World Economic Forum. It's foundationally necessary as a technical solution to meet the CCPA and the GDPR, the, the, the California the laws. privacy yep. regulations, and what's coming down the pike. I've envisioned this for 35 years. I'm, I'm, I'm a computer whiz kid that's turned <laughs> – 60. <laughs> and yes, we grow old, but it doesn't make us any less capable of doing innovative work. And this is a product that takes that. And so what's built in a family organizer that nobody else has? Document management and crypto document management, right? We store it store all on, on the, the blockchain. blockchain. Nobody can access it. You want access to my, my medical records? And I'm visiting a new hospital. Maybe I'm out of town and they need access to my records. What's the process today? Oh, sign this HIPAA release form. Sign this for the records department. We'll fax, scan, email it, whatever. You're lucky if you get the records that day. They may not show up there for days or weeks. Mm -hmm. With our solution, as just one example, this can apply to credit cards, academic records, anything that you have that's transactional. With our solution, that medical institution, that doctor simply makes an inquiry to your app, right? And you're notified to grant or revoke that access. And you can give that person read-only access to the medical records of your life, of your children, of whatever it is, and revoke that at any time. The point is, it's on your data store, it's on your decentralized database in the cloud, all encrypted in a manner that nobody else can get at without you knowing, which means every single transaction is monitored. Monitored. By who? By you. By you. And you need a tool to do that. Family and you, organizer and you, plus. And you'll be able to see that in the dashboard of all, all those act activities. Oh, yes. In fact, think about this. How many times a month do you really need to interface with your credit card company? Right? Give me my transactions yes, for the yeah. month and give me my bill and I'll pay it. Right. right? It's all electronic these days if you're really up on things. I do know some people who still get paper bills and write checks. <laughs> I am not one of them. Not me either. <laughs> Think about that now. Okay? All these transactions, how many times a month? Well, you have five, you might have a mortgage. You might have five credit cards. You might have stuff going on with the school, you know, in terms of PTA. But these are manageable events. They're, they're finite. That you can probably count them on everybody's hands in the family in a month. Isn't that worth getting a ding on your app saying, hey, Rob at Local First Podcast has requested a copy of your resume? Yeah. Even that's mine, yeah, right? Yeah, that's I, yours too. What yeah. about LinkedIn, right? What about ZipRecruiter? What, what are they mining? You ever wonder why you all of a sudden start getting advertisements from people? Because they're gathering, farming, Say it with me. Yeah. Farming, gathering, farming, farming, mining, <laughs> and exploiting <laughs> their product, which is the willing public. 
Yeah. And that, that's, that's really something. And then we can go a little bit further. We got secure chat. We're going to roll out secure video conferencing. Um, we've already got the technologies. What's interesting here is that um, nobody's integrated it before. Uh, And nobody has said that the family is the fundamental social network. The fundamental. You know, and I've done a lot of looking around and research on, you know, similar apps. And like, you know, you brought up in the beginning, it was like a lot of them focus on the the calendars. Calendar. And what I've seen too is what they do is they use that calendar for the big companies to gather what you're doing, how you're doing it, and then provide you with ads. That's why that's why tracing, you know, when we're talking about like COVID-19 and and who's got it, this idea of tracing and tracking is important. Um, it is if you've given permission for that. Yeah. Uh, again, phones have become more sophisticated. So when you're running an app, it says, do you want this app running all the time? Or just do you want it reporting your location all the time or just when the app is running? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Well, what do you mean only when the app is running? How are you reporting it all the time if the app isn't running? So you're kind of speaking out two sides of your mouth. <laughs> you're telling me that I can report my geolocation all the time or when my app is running. I don't get that my app isn't running if it's reporting it all the time. So they're using these line, these terms to take advantage of, of really what I think is an ignorant population. But you know what? Every day there are data breaches yeah. every single day. And they cost this economy trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars a year. And if they don't think crime pays, it's always paid in the digital field. It's always paid. Going all the way back to the 1980s, it used to be um, a data hack would generate about $100,000 in um, in an average payout. It's far greater than that now. It's a half a million for these medical databases. It's, it's um, $80 for each credit-worthy a person that they can identify for credit cards. It's uh, the amount of it's just horrible. And people need to be empowered and they need the tool to do that. And that's what Family Organizer Plus is. It's it's been a dream of mine. Um, I've supported Kickstarters from organizations that have uh, positioned themselves to be secure and uh, confidential and... um, and the and big companies have tried to sue these companies out of business and force them to change their names and things like that. We're in a completely different state. Um, and we give and we give the parents, for example, here's another really cool feature. We give the parents the ability to actually monitor the social feeds for their children and, and each other if the parents want to do that. Right from within our app, you you don't need to put your kid through an embarrassing, uh, well, and probably an argument. Uh, about being their friend on on social media. I'm not naming the big social medias. You know who they are. I yeah. don't, don't want to get into trouble and so I or you're declaring a fight on big tech. I am not. I'm a big fan of big tech. I am mm-hmm. a bigger fan of big ethical tech. And and what we're finding here is that uh, they've gotten away with things because they were able to. There's no laws. So to be able to provide that kind of oversight and to see that your kid's being bullied you know, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, to see all that kind of stuff and be able to intervene, to really bring yourself to, you know, your, your family together again and to strengthen that. I mean, come on. Is there anything that we've introduced technologically in the last 25 years that has done anything but divide the family? I didn't see it. And it's, I see the more and more that's going on is this, it's, it's more divided and it really is coming down to a lot of it, that what you see online and then they feed you what you want. One side or the other. 
And so you really got to be watching out for that. I mean, it's it's crazy in what's going on out there. Everybody's addictive. Everybody has an addiction. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm a workaholic, unrepentant, unreformable. <laughs> I put in hours people wonder about. And they're like, when do you sleep? I don't. Don't, right. But I do. The, the reality is that everybody has an addiction to something. And unfortunately, we're creating gener a generation. Actually, we're into the probably the second generation now when we look at the Z-Geners of digitally addicted people. Yeah. They, they cannot disconnect. They cannot leave their phone. Um, and, I, and I love the exceptions when you see these in movies and, and docudramas and things where the kids have to put their phones in a basket. And I love it when the father has to, too. Yeah. Let's face it, folks. You need to spend some time, time with, as a family. Oh, no doubt. Have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And if there, there's a scene in the, um, the social dilemma where a family's sitting down at the table and the mom comes in because she's got this cookie jar that locks for an hour. Yeah. And then they all put it in there. They're all starting to shake. And then one of the daughters gets <laughs> up, puts her glasses on, and grabs a big wrench and it just smashes it. I'm just like... And it's just trying to prove a point of, you know, what's it's going on. It's dramatic. Yeah. But it's true. Right. I, I mean, the, the the studies I've seen by people like uh, Dr. Jim Taylor out, out at the, in California, a fantastic psychologist, well-written, uh, well-studied in the area of the impact of technology on the family, especially, you know, families with children. It's this issue of division. And... Um, you know, we've talked to him. Uh, you've talked to him, I think, or Will. Yeah. And uh, he knows that there's a need for this because the f the family has always been the basic building block. Uh, entire countries' economies are built around family units. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention the United States because families in the United States, it's almost as if the the the, the Oh, what's the word I want to use? Families under the, in the United States have been under attack for a long time. I, that's, I know that's a strong word, but there are things about dividing people up and and now you know declaring um, age of consent to be much younger in certain states and all sorts of things that you know I'm not I'm not here to tell the conservative versus liberal principle at all. I'm just saying. What works and what doesn't work? Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it because it's not good for us. No. And technology, like anything else that's overused and addictive, is not good for us. And I'm saying that as a person who's been, you know, part of the part of the the wave since 1974. I was 14. I played with computers before the PC ever was invented. And I'm I love computers. I would hate to be locked up someplace where I didn't have access to computers. Right? And, right, and, yeah. and it doesn't matter what, right? And whether it's programming or gaming or whatever, and and the sad thing is that parents feel marginalized and and disenfranchised within their own families because they don't know enough of technology, that, that, or they don't know as much of the technology as the kids do. Now that's changing, but think about an entire generation or two coming up now without parental guidance on how to use computers. Are we going to be more liberated about it? Are we going to be more um, um, I don't want to say liberated. I mean, it, it is. Are, are we going to be more permissive? That's probably the word I'm looking at. Are we going to be negligently permissive of young people's uses 
as we raise a generation of parents who were negligently permitted as children to use this technology, the cycle has to stop. And, and I'm not trying to stop the use of technology, just the opposite. I think it's got to be stronger at its foundation, and that's still the family. I love it. I love it. What's got you fired up about the future? Oh, uh, you know, uh, being, I love this, being the computer whiz kid at 60. I love right? it. <laughs> I, and that's not me. I mean, that, that's, that, uh, you can talk to probably anybody in my life since they know me in high school. They'll, they'll all agree with this. I love tech. I didn't think until maybe a decade ago that I'd even see the day when we'd have technologies like uh, 5G and blockchain available to us at a consumer level. What I'm very excited about is perhaps as a futurist too, and, and I think you got to be old and have a sense of history in order to predict the future. Now, I broke that back in the 80s when I said that computer security would not be adopted except in response to catastrophes and breaches. That's exactly what's happened. So I guess that makes me somewhat prophetic. But I'm very excited about the convergence of new technologies that are going to come down the pike because all these technologies are going to give new life to applications that we've never even thought of. And it's going to revolutionize it. Look at COVID. Look at, look at the coronavirus pandemic. That is forcing companies to realize they don't need to have everybody centralized in an office. So uh, the, the last uh, stat I saw last week from the conference board, and if I'm misquoting this, I apologize, but it was something along the lines of 35% uh, of the businesses that have not opened up yet will not open up. So of the businesses that are still closed, a third of them will never open up. They're gone. And then we see uh, big companies flipping around and changing uh, their models. And, and of course, we see the online uh, sellers like Amazon and, and the delivery companies like Uber and, and uh, Grubhub and others just took off, right? Who would have thought that, that investment into a telemedicine stock at $5 a share a few years ago would have grown 1000 thousand percent this year because people need to talk to their doctors from their home. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So what we've done is we've taken things, Rob, that are 20 and 40 years down the road and have compressed that scale of time to now in order for the world to adjust. And the technology is there to do it. I mean, you got people who are twice your age and you're like, I won't say how old you are, but you're old. <laughs> Twice your age, you know, and I'm talking about centenarians right now, 100-year-old yeah. people, going on their, their laptops and Zooming so that they can attend churches on Sundays. Right. Things like that. That's I crazy. Mean, who would have thunk that a year ago? No. Right? That's but, they, it, that's, but that's what's very fast exciting track. about this. It's very, yeah. very exciting time. So that gets me excited. That's exciting. And I, I think what's really exciting, too, is the fact that um, we're living in a period where great paradigms are shifting. There is a lot of disruption. And I'm not talking about uh, rioting in the streets. I'm talking about technological thought processes, education, all these things that social distancing, isolation, and epidemic has caused us to rethink. We're like, it's like all the world all of a sudden got together, stopped, and said, 
this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Why have we been doing this all along? There are better ways to do this. And so it is, in fact, um, that necessity is the mother of invention. And so uh, while we've had the ideas of family organizer on the, on the drawing boards for years, um, the, the compulsion of people to bring their families together, especially in times of crisis, and having that communication not exploit it, not, not exploit it, it is, uh, is critical. So there we are, contact management, document management, all crypto uh, uh, secured, uh, secure chatting, uh, common calendaring, um, the ability to just manage your family um, through this kind of infrastructure, which is there, it's now, it's tested, is, um, is pretty cool. And um, uh, I can't tell you what it's going to be like in 10 years. It's, 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 it's going to be something else. Where can, uh, where can listeners go to get more information right now? Everywhere. 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 Sorry, everywhere. <laughs> uh, family organizers available everywhere. Okay, so what we're doing is uh, is taking a, a page out of the startups, right? Because the startup, we're not a startup. Exact has been around since 1976. And, uh, and we've been providing software design services to Fortune 500 companies all of that time. Yeah. In fact, even during the pandemic here, all of our consultants continued to work because most of them were remote workers, mm-hmm. right? So we're kind of excited about that. But um, but taking the startup approach, this, this idea of family organizer, what better way to get in front of millions of early adopters? Because this is an early adopter. You, you've got to have vision or you have to have a household full of problems that you don't have a solution for to sign up for family organizers. So where is that market? It's on the crowdfunding sites. Yeah, It's on Indiegogo, for example, and, and uh, Kickstarter. Um, if, it's, if it's not available yet, it will be available through these platforms. Uh, but they can go to indiegogo.com and, and, or just Google Family Organizer Plus and make sure you do Family Organizer Plus because we're much more than anything else out there that might even be called Family Organizer. Oh, oh yes, yes. And it, I'll make sure and put those, those links in the yeah. show notes too so you don't have to go too far to search for them as well. And what would you pay for this, right? That's, see, that's, you that's were going to ask me this question, but yeah, I'm going to ask you this what question. I, I don't know. I mean, see, the, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, you have your family and you pay for that. And it's like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a lot. I don't know if it could be, you know, $69, $79. I mean. I wouldn't mean, that be nice? Wouldn't I it mean, be, be nice? I mean, that's, that's what you normally pay for, you know, some cable TV. If you're not, I mean, even more than that. Family organizer for the first subs- group of subscribers. And I'm still debating what that number will be, but it's probably going to be at least a thousand families. We'll get it for ten dollars a month. Ten dollars a month. Ten dollars a month. My and goodness. I'm pricing this thing at about twenty five dollars a month, even if you don't have discounts and things like that. So it's it's a lot less than the premium services that you'd pay for these locking type programs right. that are out there and things like that. And and be mindful, folks, that these technologies that are being sold and have been sold for years, whether it's virus checking, malware checking, uh, virtual private networking, and these sorts of things, these all go away under this generation of technology that's coming out under 5G wireless connectivity and also go away as a result of your ability to control things on the blockchain. So uh, there'll be a shifting there, um, and it is a different mindset because we're basically not just providing you some tools, but we're providing you that decentralized store. 
and that place where you can store your records securely and, uh, and know that they're safe. I mean, we can't even see them at Exacta. We can't even see them. Everything's so, so that you you developed software and you can't even see that's, the other people's data. It's the only way to do it. Wow! Right? That's it's a the only totally to different it. shift on how things are done. Yeah, I mean, the, the people go into commercial software development because they want to exploit. They want to have the back doors. They want to be able to to gather the information and and then leverage that in other ways. Let's face it, nothing's free. No. Google search engine, by the way, Google wasn't even the first search engine on the market. They were number 28. So you don't have to be number one to be the best. Okay. And I have to mention that because people will say, well, you know, there are other programs out there that sort of do some of these. Yeah, but not one that's designed around the family as the fundamental social network. I keep saying that because people need to think that. It's, it's, it is a modern term applied or definition applied to a very traditional term. You are the fundamental social network as a family. So cost is not the not the issue, and data storage is not the issue. Storage is cheap. I mean, I pay $3,000 for a 300-megabyte drive back in 1983. Today, I pay $50 for a 2-terabyte drive, you know, which is, you know, trillions of data, right? Yeah. And, that's in, and that's, or billions of data, certainly. Uh, with the gigabytes and trillions of data with the terabytes, these are the things that, have allowed us now to embrace this technology and, and enable people to have that. That's cool. So make sure you go out there and take a look for it. Get in the show notes yeah. and, you know, reach out to us if you got any questions. That's even more important. Can I just oh, go plug for in it. here? Yeah, go for it. So this is where we see this of great value, where big data, big tech has been built around leveraging these free services, whether it's a Google or a Facebook or, or a Twitter or whatever, and turning your data into saleable intelligence for advertisers. Let, let's face it. That's what this is all about, right? Okay, We're just the opposite. Yes. Nobody's going to get your data, not even within your family, unless you authorize access to that. Okay? And the beautiful thing is we want to build a community around this. Yes, most definitely. with yeah. the family. So uh, we, we, we stand by our definition. Uh, of the fundamental social network. But more importantly, we want those fundamental social networks feeding back into us as a company things we can do to actually make the tool better. Make it better, yeah. yeah. And you bring that's a good point. Make sure you go to, you go to Facebook. Um, the, we have a Facebook group out there for the family organizer. Take a look at that. Uh, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, you can connect with us just about, just about anywhere. And remember, guys, it's your data. Own it. Dr. Hill, thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. I am super excited about the family organizer. And if you really do care about your family and your kids, make sure that you do share this with someone else uh, so they can hear about what you know Dr. Hill had to say about you know the beginning of privacy going to the 80s and where we're at now. And now we have the tools to plug into your family and bring, bring us together. Thank you so much, Dr. Hill. Thank you, Rob.